You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast. Interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Well, Brittany and Taylor Barnes, welcome to Real Faith Stories. So wonderful to have you both on the program. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. I want to just touch on how you guys met and your backstory and then dive into the year that you shared with me, Taylor, was by far the most difficult year, and that was 2014, and how that moved you into a space where you had to upgrade Mm -hmm. your faith. But let's talk first about how you guys met and what's your backstory. So Brittany and I went to a uh, a small private college, which actually is now a university called Elon, Elon University in Burlington, North Carolina. I, I got there in 99 and Brittany got there a year later. We became good buds quickly. And that's all it was for about seven years. And then, uh, in two, but, but in the same time, and I'm, and I'm sure you get it, there was always something, right? But neither of us made a move on it because we didn't want to ruin it. And I can tell you personally, I definitely was not mature enough to, uh, to, uh, to hit the gas on a relationship like that. Um, uh, it's something in my mind. I just knew that if I did, I just wasn't you know mature enough for it. And so seven years later, we, uh, we made a move and it was, um, it was July 4th, roughly 2007. Really the rest has been history. We kind of had a unique situation in the fact that we became, we were very close friends before we got together, which was very helpful. You know, I mean, when you're coming up in your teens and twenties, you know, you're you're still very much growing up. And so sometimes I feel like when a lot of relationships form, a lot of the new information is tough to absorb. And so there really wasn't too much new information because we had known each other very well over the last uh, seven years. We got married a handful of years later and uh, we live in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got two amazing sons, Keller and Cyrus. We live at about uh, 40 miles north of Atlanta now in, in coming. Got a cozy little home and a, and a, and a dog and the whole suburban storybook is, is where we live right now. <laughs> all right. So, Brittany, tell me the truth about all this. <laughs> I was like, it was only seven years that we knew each other. I'm, yeah. I'm having a hard time. Felt longer for her. He's, it did. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, I, I think you nailed it. I think it's interesting pinning it to our first date and stuff like that. It's it's when you have a friendship like that, you're like, was this our first date or was this our first date yeah. or was this our first date? We made each other laugh for, yeah, I guess seven years. And then he hired me at his company and we were able to move into, a, I guess, a more serious relationship after our worlds kind of, I guess, our, we were in the same spot where we needed to mm-hmm. be to start that relationship. Because I think we both knew that if we were going to start dating, it was going to be maybe the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Taylor, you had mentioned something to me when we first connected when you came to faith in Christ, was that, uh, explain that if you would, what was that experience like? And when was that? So I did not grow up in the, in the church. We grew up in a small little new England town called Weston, Connecticut. And there was a one little Episcopal church on, uh, on Lions Plains road. And, uh, the whole town went there. 
as a townie, you basically go there and you go to Sunday school and being Episcopalian, you, you're an usher, you're a choir boy, but you do it because that's just what you do. Uh, at least that's mm-hmm. what it felt like. Right. So we moved to Atlanta. Needless to say, Atlanta is a slightly bigger town than Western Connecticut and with a few, with a few more churches. And so uh, we kind of lost the routine, to be honest with you. And uh, my folks stopped going as such. So did I. Then college didn't go in college. And then afterwards, uh, didn't really do it afterwards. But basically in college, I did a summer internship at a, at a church called Perimeter Church. And I was ended up being hired as a, a sports camp director. When I signed up for it, I did not know it was a church camp. I thought it was just a camp. I had never heard of Camp All-American. Sounds pretty sporty, right? But it takes place yeah. at a church. So when we were in the middle of it, um, I learned what it was to be saved. I w- learned what it was to help minister and to, and to be a disciple. And and then I, and I read and I, and I got to understand that God and Jesus isn't this hellfire and damnation. Isn't this just just brimstone and fire? And he's not this Lord that wants to have this authority over us as much as he wants to invite us and be next to us and mm. love us and to be a friend and a companion and a. So that was a total different mentality for me. I will say that that's when I like made a decision for it to be in my life to really lean into it. And I would say throughout those handful of years, it was in my life. But when Brittany and I specifically got together and what I learned from her and the daily routines that we went through and the devotionals and our our relationship, how was it formed? And the fact that we started going to church together and getting involved in small groups together, that's really when it started to accelerate. So I would say that my faith has been firmly planted in me since about 2007, 2008. I really do, really do give most of that reason to, to Brittany uh, because, I, again, it was always in my life, but I didn't really get it at the same time until you know, she taught me, she, she led me through a lot of different things. She has a lot of good experience in that. Just the fact that I knew that Brittany and I were going to start a family together. And I wanted that family to be led with the number one priority of God. And so all those things coming together are really how I, um, how I got into it. So Brittany, in terms of your upbringing, was there a moment you recall when you came to faith in Christ? Well, I was baptized when I was 11. I grew up in a very churchy home. My dad was the son of a pastor. He used to build churches all over Oklahoma and Texas and even California, and then they would live in it and then start a church and then move on. So my dad came from that background, and then my mother grew up in South Carolina in the Church of Christ. So the Church of Christ is where I grew up. I was a Sunday, Mm -hmm. Sunday night, and Wednesday girl. My background of going to church was very Bible-belty, I guess you could say. But I would say my faith has really become more personal when Taylor and I started exploring faith together. And I think, I guess, honey, wouldn't you say when we started waking up every morning, which I do not like doing, but (laughs) my hubby is a morning guy. And so we we negotiated a deal and we would get up. <laughs> I had to have the Keurig right next to my bed That's so that true. I could wake up and roll out. Right next uh, to Literally, we bought a little mini fridge so I could have my creamer and, and we would go sit in the corner and read Purpose Driven Life. And then we mm. would discuss it and then we would pray and then 
I would maybe go back to bed and he would get on with his day. But. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Possible, right? Yeah, allegedly. That church idea is something that I'm really digging into because church to me now is a community of people instead of a building that you go to with a certain denomination. Because I have so many friends and so many people that I love with different upbringings. And, you know, the who's right and who's wrong is a scary thing to navigate. And I want, so my, what I've done is I try to research and explore my relationship with Jesus so that I can hopefully help other people not be so scared to explore it because they feel like it's so narrow. And so like what Taylor said, fire and brimstone. And if you mess up, you're in trouble. What Brittany said about the community, the way that we like to look at it is there's a vertical relationship with God obviously through worship and prayer and praise and communication, of course, is a vertical relationship. But the way that we like to express our faith is horizontally uh, mm-hmm. through the love of and for others. To Britt's point, where it really started to become a faith of our own is when we really leaned into that part. That was really, I think, something that looking back on it, I, I think we were put here to do that. I think a lot of people come to us for our point of view on it, not because we know it all, but because we have the ability to communicate it in a not so scary way. Mm. One of the things that I'm sure we're called to do is is to bring people to a relationship with Jesus, to bring people into a, a faith of their own. And and I think one of the things that I, I'll give Brittany a lot of credit here, one of the things she does very, very well, um, especially with uh, young women and uh, just women in general is she takes the idea of it and she puts it into a container that is not threatening. It's, it's fun. It's light. It's friendly. It's a good thing. It's, it's attractive, you know? And, uh, that that's one thing that she does very, very well, um, that I've been learning to do over the years too. And that's, that's been a big way that we express our faith. Sounds like love. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly what it is. Well, let's fast forward to 2014, where you said that that was the most exquisite year of your life. Not at all. Yeah. Share what happened and what transpired after that with respect to, I put in air quotes, the upgrade Mm. to your faith. We had been married for three-ish years. The year in 2014 started off with my mom getting sick right before the, the new year. We weren't sure what. Uh, we just knew she was going through some pain and, you know, um, it, it basically uh, ended up being cancer. Mm. The beginning of the year opened up with mom being very sick, which is which is tough uh, for obviously for anybody. She she was the the matriarch, you know, she was the glue. She, she was just one of the better human beings uh, to ever walk this earth. And so she was a young, young woman, 60 years old in great health. And, and it happened. And so that was how it started off. And then a month later, we learned our best friends know, and I I mean like their family, like not just buds. We did everything together. Um, And we learned there was some infidelity in that relationship. And they were the godparents of our kids Mm. to throw some irony at the situation. They split up, which which was confusing for us. Um, We're talking my best friend, Brittany's best friend. I think Brittany and I navigated that to our best ability, and that was really, really challenging. It, it threw our world upside down, to say the least. 
we were under a letter of intent at our organization, a very generous offer from a, from a large organization, and, and we were done. And in the 11th hour, something fell apart due to a background check of one of our partners that you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Uh, we couldn't believe it, and it was total surprise. And You're getting ready to sell your company. That's correct. Yeah, I should have been more clear. We were, we were on the dotted line. We had actually already signed it over. Um, and the last mm. due diligence check was one of these things. And, um, and, and something came back that none of us knew about, you know, that there was obviously some lies and deception, uh, of a very mm. close friend and, and a business partner that we'd been working with for seven years. So then <laughs> that was like month three or four and then month five or six, um, our oldest son, uh, diagnosed with, with autism spectrum disorder. And at the time, uh, we have no clue how severe it is. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, we don't know if it's heavy, if it's mild, if it's medium, not that any of it is easy to hear, but it's just, re- re- it's just so much unknown. And so now me and Brittany have to do like this, this massive like education and we have to learn about it and, and what's the common, and we don't know a thing about it at this point. We had just, just moved into this house that was quite frankly, a, a mistake. Why was it a mistake? It was a financial mistake. Oh, okay. With the minute we got there, we were pretty sure it was not where we wanted to be. It's it's one of those rather stuffy neighborhoods where the the fourteen and fifteen year olds are driving around Teslas and people are a little bit <laughs> fourteen and fifteen year olds. Yes, I'm talking like like ridiculous. It was not going to be good for what the trajectory of our life may or may not have looked like. I could see myself falling into the comparison trap very easily. There, mm. we went to church one morning and it was basically as we know sometimes God whispers, sometimes he shout, and he told us to get out and that we did. Wow. So all of these things came together. And then a couple months later, mom died. Wow. All of that happened by August of that year. My head's spinning. I don't know, left from right. I will say that I think a lot of people go through, you know, some similar bad stuff. And I think some people look at it and, you know, the easiest thing to do is when things are going wrong is to look up, Right. Like, why? Why would you do this? Why would this happen? Now, I would say that had that happened uh, 10 years earlier, I, prob- I probably would have done that. But the way that I navigated through that wasn't the hell with you. It was, I need you now more than ever. Mm. And it wouldn't have been that way had Brittany and I not accelerated our faith earlier in life. But now at 2014, it was really, really, really time to upgrade. I, I can say literally since that year, as bad as it was, my level of faith has been skyrocketed tenfold. Let me press pause on that. Yeah. I want to circle back on that specifically. And Brittany, I'd love to get your feedback on that year as well. Sure. I think that year was a very important uh, developmental year for us spiritually because we did have to face some hardships and some whys. Why does bad stuff happen in this lifetime? Why does our world have things that happen to some of the best people on the planet? I mean, like Taylor said, his mom was one of the most beautiful, precious, hilarious souls. I still, I can't imagine the joy and the love that 
would have been brought to our kids' lives if she was in it every day, which she would have 100% forced herself into our house every single day. Like she just, (laughs) she just ate up love and grandkids and everything. So, yeah, it was a really hard year. And with our son, it has become that year was one of those, it got so foggy and I couldn't concentrate on anything except for how do I fix this? Because he's only 18 months old. And I'm thinking, you know, he's almost two, I guess. And I'm thinking, okay, how do I fix it? And you just race around trying to fix it and you can't. So you have to surrender to your faith and to God. And he has taken care of us beautifully. And our son is, I mean, he's a miracle. He is... Mm one of the most amazing little boys on the planet and he brings everybody so much joy and he is able to have friends and he's able to have relationships and he goes to school and um, he can play sports and there were a lot of questions of what we, he was going to be able to do and he's been able to do a lot. So I give that to God and mm-hmm. it's challenging to be so sad and so frustrated in a marriage you kind of have to remember to take care of each other too and make each other laugh. And Mm. so I think connecting in those morning breakfasts and stuff like that, those morning readings that we would do would really help reconnect us and, Mm -hmm. and get us through. The whole connecting thing, obviously that's a theme in your lives yeah. and what God has used to grow your faith. Now, Taylor, you said that there was a major upgrade that occurred as a result. And I heard Brittany say she just had to surrender. Mm. How much did surrender play into this upgrade? It was the fix. We hear a lot that God doesn't make things bad happen, but he helps us through them and brings light later on. Uh, there's, I'm paraphrasing, but there, there's a lot of different things that, that we talk about through that. And that's exactly what I did at the moment as I leaned into that and I said, okay, I know I know something good's going to come out of all this. I know it. So I trust it and I surrender it all. And I'm not going to fight it. And I'm just going to be there for my family and do the right things and continue to love others and continue to pray. And I did. And seven years later, we're here and we've got two beautiful, healthy, smart, amazing boys. As Brittany said, we're, we're healthy. Uh, the memory of my mother is a celebration now. It's no longer sad. Uh, it's helped mm-hmm. us become considerably better parents and friends. Our organization is thriving. The uh, and and our friends are still very close to us. Um, and they've gone their separate ways. And 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 actually, one has really accelerated his faith. Uh, ironically enough, now that I'm even putting all the dots connecting the dots together, that's actually a very true statement. And mm-hmm. so. Someone called it once the divine ricochet. And I always thought that was a really good way of saying it because all those things that happened to me, they didn't pierce through my skin. They ricocheted. And I'm positive that's only doable through God. In summary, it really just came down to what I knew serenity was, you know, controlling what I can and knowing what I can't Mm -hmm. and giving the rest up to God. So now as you step back from this and you have other couples in your life, that are going through similar hardships, how do you coach them through that? What are the things that you tend to hear as far as questions that are consistent? And what do you answer for those questions? 
That's a good question. That is a good question. You want me to go first, Britt? Sure. You're you're a better talker than I am. Uh, nonsense. <laughs> you're so good at this, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you're both great. I, I paid her to say that on your podcast, Brian. On that note, we'll just have Brittany go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I would say whenever a couple comes to me, or a couple, an individual, regardless of, of the matter, first I have to ask myself at all times, Brian, am I listening or am I advising? Um, which I mm. have historically always been the advisor, whether they want to hear it or not. So over the years, I've, I've taken some humble pie and uh, now I know when it's time. Well, now I know a lot more often when it's time just to listen. So if I am advising in these regards, really regardless of the matter, whether it's um, a marriage, a, a relationship problem, a business problem, death in the family, whatever it is, there's only one answer. It is, are you praying? What is your relationship with God? And it always tends to kind of take them back a little bit yeah. because a lot of times they're expecting the, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he did that. I can't Mm-hmm. believe your boss is such a jerk. Uh, whatever the whatever the reaction that some of these people are probably looking for, uh, they don't get it from me specifically. They hear that and then it becomes more of a Socratic conversation than an advisement conversation. So I'm always asking questions, but my questions are always geared towards their current relationship with God, what that looks like to them, reminding them there's a heaven above them, reminding them that this is a glimpse. This is a glimpse in eternity. And I think when I explain it, I guess the way that I see it, who knows what's right or wrong, but the way that I see it, I always look for that aha moment with them. And as long as I can bring them a little bit of peace, not necessarily resolution, but peace in the moment, that goes a long, long way. And, and it really helps the healing and the grieving process. Really, that's my objective pretty much anytime that somebody um, wants guidance or advice on any sort of situation. Are you praying? And what's your relationship look like with Jesus? That's it. When you were talking about our lives being just a, a snap, so to speak, right? I'm reminded of a visual that had such a great impact on me. A friend of mine was in a room and he took a post-it note out and he put it up on the wall and I didn't know why. And then he just kept talking. And then he said, I was at a church a couple of years ago and a pastor put a post-it note up on the wall. And he's able to actually write on the wall. So he took a piece of chalk and he started walking around the entire perimeter of the church, Mm. drawing on the wall and saying, now that post-it note represents your life. And this line I'm drawing represents eternity. Mm. How are you going to live that post-it note space of life? (laughs) I was overwhelmed when I saw that. Powerful. That's very powerful illustration. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to repeat that that story. If you don't mind, please do. That's fantastic. I love it. It's hard in the midst of such great pain to recognize this is just a season and you will come out on the other side and to be able to do what you both did. And that is see upwards, continue to pray, continue to meet every morning and just stay focused on the Lord Mm. and knowing that he's trustworthy and then being able to pour that into other people as they come to you. Mm -hmm. To that point, Brittany, when you've had individuals come to you, what do you tend to hear as the main question when they're sharing their heartfelt pain with you? So, yeah, I wanted to kind of piggyback on what Taylor was saying, and I don't have a go-to 
phrase or or advice that I give, Mm -hmm. I have found that in my exploration of my faith, God puts the story that I need for something that's about to come tomorrow. So I do have friends that turn to me, a couple friends specifically that I am kind of their go-to person that when they're just feeling really, really down, they call me and they're like, I just need you right now. Here's what's going on in my heart. And for some reason, the day before I will have read or listened to a podcast Mm. or an audio book or whatever that speaks specifically to that. So, And you're a genius in the moment, but God gave it to you ahead of time. Yes. And if you ask me right now what I told her that day, I don't absorb information for a long (laughs) amount of time and I can't regurgitate it the way Taylor can. I am given it by God in my own exploration of faith. And then the next day when my friend comes to me for whatever reason, I just happen to have that information that kind of puts their hearts at peace or at least has them ask more questions. And so that's another thing I wanted to say was Jesus when people asked him questions, I think 99% of the time he answered them with questions. So to me, that says, what does your heart tell you when you mm-hmm. look to God, when you're exploring your relationship with God? Because there's the law and the and the Old Testament way that, you know, shapes our morality and, and our culture and things like that. And then there's the second half of the book where Jesus comes and he's forgiven us of our sins and then shows us this beautiful way of interacting with people. A lot of that is not judging people, which seems to be a theme in the first half of the good book. So it's been an ongoing, evolving question and answer system as far as my advice to my peers, my friends. Mm -hmm. What's so powerful about that is... I love the scripture in Colossians. It says, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. And where does Christ live? In us. So the truth is, we have access, which is mind-blowing, to all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge inside us by the Holy Spirit. And what's so cool about what you just shared, Brittany, is God is just letting you speak forth that treasure of wisdom and knowledge when somebody comes with a question. How cool is that? You didn't work it up. No. He just let you be a vessel to speak that out. Mm-hmm. That to me is just so precious. Are you guys familiar with the five love languages by Gary Smalley? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So I'd like to ask you each, what's your love language, <laughs> Taylor? My love language, words of affection. Affirmation. Affirmation. Excuse me. I meant affirmation. Words yes. of affirmation for sure. And I, it's funny you asked that, Brian, not too That's long ago. That's why I told him how good he is at this podcast yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, not You rock, man. Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. so smart. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I have to admit, that's my same language. If my wife tells me I can leap over a wall, I can leap over yeah. a wall. A wall yeah, that, that's exactly right. We actually did this drill on not too long ago, too. And so that was a, uh, that's kind of funny you asked that. How about you, Brittany? What's yours? I like to sit and converse and have thoughtful, funny, laughing conversation. Quality time. Yes, quality time. Yeah, it's quality time. 
even if you're completely whipped and you've got the Keurig and yes, <laughs> yes. going in the corner and you've got the comfy on. I rolled out of bed. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's great. So as we finish up here, I'd like to ask you each, first of all, go with Taylor here. What is one of the biggest and best pieces of advice you've ever heard that's kind of held you? It's kind of locked you in in your life. Uh, know thyself, Socrates. Explain that. Well, for me, authenticity has always been something that I that I highly value. At an individual level, I think authenticity is probably the most important attribute is because I've struggled with it. My entire life, I know that I've wanted to do good. I know that I've in my heart wanted to do the right thing, make the right choice, make the right decision that I'm pro love, pro humans. I mean, like pro relationships and in in my heart, uh, I know that. However, as you grow up and different friend groups come around, I mean, what have you, long story short, uh, struggled with that for a very, very long time because I was trying to be and act and uh, whatever it was. I, honestly, I think inauthenticity is what got me into that house in 2014, if I'm being honest. When I look back at all of the struggles that I've personally had and the bad decisions that I've taken part of, I'm, I'm the main character in all my bad decisions, right? That's what, uh, that's what Andy Stanley says. I always thought that was so, so good. Dang it. Yeah. Dang it. I participated in every single one of my bad moves. That's right. I mean, really, when I boil it down, it comes down because of inauthenticity. So knowing yourself, knowing how you're innately wired through and, and naturally wired through God is extremely important. Okay. Brittany, what about you? So I have a journal. I keep a journal also. And I write down, like I have this list of if I was going to tattoo something on myself, (laughs) you know, I don't have any tattoos, but I'm always like, what would I tattoo on myself out of this book? And so I have this list of just little phrases that if I was going to tattoo something on my forehead or on my arms that I had to look at every single day. So I can't think of a specific piece of advice, but I would say for me, it is probably something along the lines of we have unlimited access to God and the Holy Spirit and don't underestimate what he can do and just kind of take that uh, step into that fear because he'll protect us in that step. And I think that's something I struggle with is just stepping out. And I have all these awesome ideas on how to help people or do something that I'm passionate about, but I just won't do it because I'm scared of ridicule or being embarrassed or it not working. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of times I feel like I might offend somebody on accident because um, you know, I've done that in the past by saying the wrong things or doing the wrong things that I thought were the way that it should be, and they think differently. And so, I would just say, all things are possible through Christ, and taking that leap of faith and doing it. And I would just like to add, uh, if you do that tattoo arm over forehead, please. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to tattoo something on my It's forehead. a beautiful message and uh, and I firmly uh, firmly stand behind the message but let's go arm over forehead. 
or maybe even ankle. You know? Ankle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought Taylor, you were gonna say, um, "What does love require of us?" Because you love that one. I do love that one. That is the um, that is what I try to base all of my decisions and choices off of is looking through the lens of what does love require of me. That is a great piece of advice again from our from our pastor Andy Stanley who phrased that so wonderfully that that goes into every decision that I try to make. Great word. As we finish up here, who would like to lead us in prayer for our listeners? Uh, I can go ahead. Okay. Heavenly Father, th- thank you for this time. Thank you for Brian. Pray that you bless this podcast, Lord. Put the message into the people that need to hear it. Thank you for giving us a chance to get together and just talk about you and talk about all the magic that you're doing within us. Talk about you as 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 the North Star. And Lord, regardless of what people are going through out there, help them know that you're with them, that you're walking alongside them. And though things may seem dark in the moments, um, remind them that there's a heaven above them. Remind them that this is a glimpse. Remind them of the post-it uh, in the long Uh, drawing of the circle around the room, remind them that that is just a glimpse. And Lord, help us, help us to remind ourselves um, during our decision-making and our choices to to look through the lens of love, help us express our faith horizontally also as we praise and worship you. Help us live by the golden rule. And we ask all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you both so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. We really enjoyed it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.